Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, March 14th, 2018. How's everybody doing out there? Hey, do you want to you want to learn a little bit about enlightened living? Well, we've got the perfect guest for you today. Um, Dr. Stephen Harefield is going to come on in a few minutes, and uh, he is just the most interesting man alive, I think. So forget about that Dos Equis guy. Uh, Dr. Steve is, uh, is very cool and I'll get into his personal history and then we'll bring him on and I've got all kinds of questions for him. So really looking forward to that. This is guys, guys radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Isn't that a nice thing? Everybody winning. Speaking of winning, let's see what's going on in, in our guys, guys world. So here we are in New York city. I'm uptown on the West side. Harlem, as it would be called, uh, a couple blocks north of Central Park West, and it is a hot, growing area, and uh, really enjoying it. Uh, we've had three nor'easters. You know, they talk about March coming in like a lion. Well, at the beginning of March, it was really nice out, and then it got really cold. We had three nor'easters in a row, and uh, today it was like 30 degrees. It's like crazy. I thought we were through all of this. It's like, this is the part of the winter where people are like just hanging their heads and they're stromping along and walking along and they've got, should I wear my scarf? Do I have to take out the down jacket again? Everybody's really sick of winter here in New York City. I can imagine how it is in Boston and Chicago and other northern, Pittsburgh, other northern cities. But here we are in New York, along with everything else, we're sick of the winter here, I think. I speak for most people on that. But uh, it's going to change, as it always does. I always look at St. Patty's Day, which is this Saturday, as the kind of end of winter. They have the parade and everything. And t- this week, as I just said, it's, it's on a Saturday. So it'll be crazy here in New York. I, I don't even like to think back over some of the St. Patrick's activities that I've been involved in when I was in my twenties, when I was in New York city, just things I can't even say on the air went on, but, uh, I avoid it now <laughs> at all costs. I, I'm going down to the, uh, Jersey shore. My mom lives down in Manasquan and I was going to go visit her. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go down and come back Saturday morning. And then I looked at the calendar and said, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, Saturday. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to get on that train. And everybody, at the, I get on an early train and it's 8.45 in the morning and everybody's drinking tall, tall boys on the train towards New York City. And uh, no more, not for me. So, uh, but I always look at that as the kind of the end of, uh, the end of winter. We had daylight savings, so everybody's all flipped out in terms of sleeping, and it's dark out when you wake up now, and it's lighter out at the end of the day, and people's sleep cycles get upset. And in fact, uh, later in the show, after I talk to Dr. Steve, I'm going to do my guy's guy's guide, and it's going to be about sleeping. And I've got a couple of tips. I've got one, two, three, four, five tips, uh, because I sleep well, and I I always have. And uh, I think I've got some answers from the research I've done and from my own personal experience that I can share with you. So we'll do that uh, later on in the show. And then uh, what else are we going to do? We're going to do our guys, guys, guy of the week in a few moments. Um, I actually have two this week and uh, let's keep going with our guys, guys world. And then we'll, uh, then we'll get into it. So uh, what's happening? The world of sports. I'm a big sports fan. I know most of you out there are, I hope, or hope not, whatever. It can be a distraction, but there's spring training in baseball. Hope springs eternal for the New York Yankees, if you're a Yankees fan like myself. And uh, now it's uh, NFL free agency is uh, the big 
the big thing the last couple of days. And it's amazing how uh, it's really a marketing war between baseball and basketball and football and you know, all of the sports, they do some really smart things marketing-wise. Uh, the NFL, you know, there's headlines on the NFL all year round. you got the combines, and then you have the free agency, and now there's trades, uh, which you never had before in the NFL. And then there's going to be this big drumbeat coming up to the draft, and then everybody gets ready for fantasy football. And then you get into the season. So, like, football only it's only over for like February. That's it. Uh, baseball, which everybody should be talking about now is in spring training. So they're, they're going to wrap that up in a couple of weeks and come up North and then they'll start to play in the cold weather and get the season going. And then the NBA is that long trudge towards the playoffs. Uh, and that goes all the way into mid June now. So uh, it's amazing how, uh, and, and the NBA has done a really good job with marketing, um, individuals because you know they're not wearing all the equipment there's only five guys playing at once on each team so you can really get into uh personality so you've got lebron and you've got steph curry and you've got james harden and you've got kevin durant and uh people know the names whereas football you know they've got it's the teams more than the individuals uh and in baseball it's uh, a combination of both and now baseball goes all the way into November and the hope springs eternal light. Once again, for the Yankees, they've got a very young, likable team. Even if you like a Yankee hater, it's hard to hate this team because they're young and uh, they're not a bunch of jerks or arrogant guys. They're a bunch of free agents either. They're, you know, most of them are homegrown. And uh, we did get Gene Carlos Stanton from the Marlins and a fire sale type of trade there. And he is a stud. He hit 59 home runs last year. He was healthy for the whole year. So it, it looks like it's going to be a good season there, there. So let me ask you a quick question. How are you doing with your new year's resolutions? Has everybody forgotten those yet? Are you still going to the gym? You still getting things going? You know, I have, uh, I've kept my new year's resolution. I've told you guys about it. I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm on this process of elimination diet. It's the 10th week. What I do is I give up something, additive every week. So each week I've given up something that I don't really want to be eating. So last week I gave up potato chips. The week before I gave up ice cream and uh, I'm going to keep going and then I'm going to build a program around it and write about it. But uh, so far it's been going well. I've gotten in great shape because of it. I haven't lost a lot of weight because I, I think I've dropped one thing and then picked up something else. And I have kind of scratching my head as to what to give up next week, meaning this Sunday, I might do a, uh, master cleanse for about, uh, you know, the lemon cayenne pepper powder. Um, I might do that for like about five to seven days next week. Cause it's, it's healthy to do that every now and then. And then, uh, we'll see what happens from there. Um, I saw something, uh, I keep seeing all these commercials, uh, on, uh, on the television and online for all these DNA companies where send us your DNA and you can see if you were you were an Indian or whatever. Uh, that's not something that uh, I would recommend personally. Uh, I mean, why would you want to send your uh, in, a DNA into a, into a company? I don't know. Why would you do that? Just to find out what you were, uh, you know, your ancestors were or whatever. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't really don't think that's a good idea. I think our guest, oh, he's back. Okay, good. Dr. Steve's back. I saw his number there and then it was gone and now he's back. So hang in there, Dr. Steve. I'll have you on in a moment. Um, 
So, you know, there's 23 and something or other, and then there's Ancestry.com. But think long and hard before sending your DNA to strangers. Um, Maybe we'll get into that discussion about, you know, some of the tinkering that's been done with human DNA and if humans are really aliens on this planet. I mean, did we come out of Earth or did we come from someplace else? Uh, Interesting subject. Uh, So maybe we'll get into that, too. Um, I do a thing called the Guy's Guy of the Week and I or the Anti-Guy's Guy of the Week, depending on uh, who really stood out. And so I've got uh, I've got two this week, actually. this guy, Elon Musk, the guy, who Tesla guy, who's, uh, you know, working on a rocket ship to Mars, wants to send people there. I think it's fantastic, and the guy's a real visionary. But now he's working with the government, so I think he's going to be a little bit under their control a little bit. I don't know if that's a, a really good thing. And I'm wondering, you know, sending all these people, he wants to send people to Mars. What happened to the moon? We went up to the moon once or twice, maybe, and that's it. You never hear anything about the moon. That begs a lot of questions in my mind. What's going on up there on that moon? And we only see that face of the moon. It doesn't spin around. We only see the same side all the time. What's going on on that dark side of the moon? I wonder. Um, So Elon Musk, just for, you know, using private funding, being a visionary uh, and, uh, and having the vision to want to take us to another planet, which is great. Um, Also, another one is uh, Stephen Hawking passed today, and he actually said, you know, we should be careful. R.I.P. Stephen Hawking, one of the most brilliant minds of the 20th century. He said that we should be careful about interacting with aliens or sending signals out there because we would probably be as sophisticated as bacteria in their world, and uh, they might not think much of us. And might say, oh, isn't the earth a nice place? Why don't we just get rid of all these people on here and we'll take it over because it's highly inhabitable. So we have to be careful, uh, you know, when we're doing our uh, alien relationships, diplomacy, if you will. So uh, food for thought. So it is uh, 810. Um, I'm going to take a very quick break and then we're going to bring our special guest Dr. Stephen Harefield on right after this. Okay, we're back. Guys, Guys Radio, uh, March 14th, 2018. As I mentioned to you, a very special guest, Dr. Stephen Harefield is here. Um, I could just read his biography for the rest of the show. He's such an interesting guy, but let's get him out here because I know he's got to leave a little bit earlier. But uh, very quickly, he was raised in a dysfunctional, abusive family. He entered the U.S. Army, found himself in Vietnam, two tours of duty. He met teachers there on a path to Zen Buddhism. He learned inner intuition, inner tuition, or intuitive insight as a path of learning. Uh, he learned the teachings and t- traditions and spent as much time with these uh, folks as the military would allow. He came back to the U.S., got his undergraduate degree, and then he had an urge to go back to India He went there and he encountered two Tibetan monks and they invited him to come and learn in northern India. And he spent six years studying the Mahayana Tibetan Buddhist path. And where while there, he had the opportunity to not only study India, which is uh, I haven't been there, but I heard it's fascinating, but also in Nepal and twice into Tibet. And he had lots of experiences that could be called, I get mystical uh, and connecting him closer with life and living. For the first time, he felt whole and complete 
unified with life and a special experience. He's a certified intuitive counselor by the Edgar Casey Foundation, ARE. There's a branch of that here in New York City that I've attended some of their seminars. They only select 200 people for the seven years of service. He's been interviewed on uh, George Neary's Coast to Coast, Conscious Media Network, Supreme Master TV, uh, which was aired in 43 countries. He's a writer. He's got, he had two early books, and then his two most recent books that are pretty well known are A Metaphysical Interpretation of the Bible, which I've got some questions on. Uh, I take a, a spiritual enfoldment class, and last night we were talking about, you know, Jesus' this missing year and uh, him being known as Issa and traveling to India. So it's, you know, it's one of those uh, coincidences uh, that we were talking about that, and now Dr. Steve's going to be on the show. He also has written uh, The Twelve Principles of Karma, and he's got downloads like The Art of Manifesting a Monk's Perspective, The Power of Thought, and uh, he's got a website, Hairfield, H-A-I-R, Field, F-I-E-L-D.com, and uh, let's just bring him on right now and get to it. Dr. Stephen Hairfield, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hi, can you hear me? Awesome, yeah. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, Robert, and thanks for the opportunity and well, the introduction. Cool. Um, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. What inspired you um, to go back to India? Um, I wanted to find a search for meaning. I mean, what was the purpose of me? What's the purpose of life in that idea of me? And when I went to uh, India, um, that's basically what I was looking for. Did I find it? Um, After my teacher said whatever I was looking for, um, if I stopped looking, I would find it. And at first I thought that was strange, but as it turned out, um, it came to me. Great. Um, What is it? How would you... In, in your words, um, what what is exactly, what's your kind of, forgive me for uh, lack of a better term, what's your kind of skill set? Do you, I know you work with the Brotherhood. Do you channel? Are you an intuitive? Are you a psychic? Are you a clairvoyant? What, what, what exactly are your kind of special skills that you've picked up over would, the years? I would say all of the above. Uh, um, okay. Every human has intuitive ability if they ever bothered to use it. Uh, the difficulty with the average human is the fact that when it comes to intuition, Robert, um, there's a collision between logic and the intuitive nature. And because most of us are used to using logic, uh, the intuitive side goes basically ignored. But when we learn to hone ourselves um, and get steeped in, I'm going to use the term, awareness, um, we become acquainted with the intuitive nature of the human because, like I said, every single one of us have it. It's not that some people are gifted. No, everybody's gifted if we just use the expansive side of self. Okay. Uh, If that's the case, and I agree with you, um, it's this this tuning. You know, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Not everybody's tuned the same way or has a, you know, their frequency dialed a certain way. It's almost like we're radios. There's, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Paul Selig is a pretty well-known channeler, and he thinks of himself as kind of a radio station, and he channels uh, his guides. And uh, 
uh, Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones says, I don't write, he says, I don't write the songs. I kind of, uh, that I get them on my antennas up and it's like incoming. And then I go and I write them down. And I'm sure I, I have had the experience from working, uh, writing my novel where I, I know I had help where now I pick up the book and I'm like, I, I can't even believe I did that, but it, it came out of me or through me. So how, uh, I think I'm an example of just a regular guy who's been able to do some channeling in terms of creativity and getting help there. But how, how, uh, talk to us a little bit about having that antenna attuned a certain way. What are the things that, uh, everyday people can do to, uh, dial up their intuitive skill set? Well, uh, I would say first off, Robert, uh, one great question. Um, we are transceivers. We send and we receive thought. When you think of a person just kind of like out of the blue, the odds are they are thinking of you in that moment. Um, if you and I were walking down the street um, and something to me said duck, the thing I'm going to do is, is I'm going to look at you and I'm, I'm going to say duck. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to turn around and look behind me. I'm just not going to do that because logic does that. Logic is the enemy, if you will, to the idea of the higher nature of being. Uh, even in channeling um, and whatever we wish to term that, uh, it's more common. Everybody does it. If everybody stopped and thought for a second, that when we get these so to speak, if you will, epiphanies, this, just this thought that's so uh, astounding, it's like, whoa, where mm-hmm. did that come from? Well, yep. you just picked it up out of the universe. You know, we don't understand that uh, everything actually is connected. Everything is one. You experience and life, it's all one. You can't separate yourself from experience. No one can. No one can avoid themselves. No Mm -hmm. one can be separate from the idea of divine. But what we do is we separate ourselves. Logic is fine for two things. One, walking through a forest. If you didn't have logic, you couldn't see the space open between the trees. Mm -hmm. Second, logic is great for driving a car, Uh, although sometimes I question whether people use that. Uh, logic is great for mathematics. Uh, so certain things, logic does apply. But the truth of the matter is, logic has nothing to do with the idea of awareness or the idea of inner tuition or intuition. It has nothing to do with that. Intuition is about understanding oneself through awareness not through logic. Logic is going to give you the logical side of life, what's good, what's bad. And the funny thing about that is, is if we like something, then it's good. If we don't like something, then we consider it as bad. But here's the funny thing. It's just experience. That's all it is. We take on life and we become human for one reason, physical experience. And the whole idea behind that is to create the divine nature uh, of which we are created through and by as a living, sentient being uh, in life through the experience. And as long as we live in the realm of good and bad, we cannot do that. Why? Because I don't like it or I do like it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole point of that is, is that's totally irrelevant. Why is it irrelevant? Because it doesn't matter whether you like it or not, you're going to go through it. We've all been through things. And as we go through things, we gauge it, we adjust, we learn. It's like the idea of mistake. There's no such thing. And the reason there's no such thing is because we have an opportunity to learn and understand our own selves. What we attempt to do when we go through an experience we don't like, we put our focus on the experience that we don't like as opposed to understanding who we are in that experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds uh, like, well, we all have a God within us, a divinity. Everybody's divine, and if you recognize the divinity in everybody, then theoretically we are, or maybe realistically, we are God experiencing he or herself through us. Perfect. I love the way you said that, because that's exactly what it's about. In a metaphysical interpretation, I say that. That in the idea of divine, what it knew was theory. That was it. But it had no practical experience. It had no physical experience. So therefore, we came into being to give it that experience. Mm-hmm. And thus the human. And the truth of the matter is, we create ourselves. Right. Uh, now let's let's take that the next step, uh, Doctor Steve. So the power of thought. You talk a lot about the power of thought, and uh, as I had mentioned to you in our correspondence, uh, I take a spiritual enfoldment class with a lovely woman, Jeanette Meek, and she channels also. And what we do is we open up a circle uh, with spirit, and we uh, she deals with the uh, the brotherhood as uh, you do. And I think it's quote unquote like white brotherhood, but it doesn't mean like white men, Caucasian, that's not what, what it's about, but these are, I guess, ascended masters and guides, and uh, we can ask questions and, you know, more questions about what things we can do to work on our ways, our frequency, or be more aware or whatever, but um, I've kind of lost my train of thought there, but tell us a little bit about um, your uh, working with the Brotherhood and uh, kind of who they are for our for our listeners. I mean, it was interesting last night. Um, somebody asked, is George Washington an extended master? And uh, the answer was, uh, he was kind of a special guy. Kind of, the answer is kind of yes, as well as Jesus and Buddha and all of the ones that you'd pick off right away. But um, tell us a little bit about the brotherhood, the significance of them, how they're different than, um, they're not angels. Uh, how do they work with humans and how we can be in touch with uh, our guides and also these guides? Well, first off, the Brotherhood is, we look at it as a mystical organization. I mean, out of all the studying that I've done, I know that for Christ's um, um, missing years, he was in India being taught. I mean, I read that in scrolls. So to me, if one person can be taught to become that, then every human can become taught, uh, can Mm -hmm. be taught to become that. And when we talk about the Ascended Masters, It's like one of the last things that Christ ever wanted was to be worshipped for who he was. In fact, he said that um, when he stepped away, if you will. Um, Because he knew that if people worshipped him, they couldn't become what he was portraying that we could be, because he himself said, even the least among you may do these, and greater things may you do. 
And even in the book of Genesis, you would read the words that um, from supposedly God that uh, now we were just like it, that we could do everything it was doing. And it's kind of like, okay, well, here's the amazing thing. We are. We do everything it does. We are created as creators, not as uncreators. And every human ex- uh, and all of our experiences, we have created those experiences for our own selves so that we can learn. So when we talk about the brotherhood and we talk about the divine beings, we are actually no different. Mm-hmm. I once heard it said that uh, if there is one sin and there's only one, that's the idea of separation. So when we separate ourselves from divine being, then for us to communicate with higher source, that becomes almost impractical. Why? Because it's separate from us, we think. But the truth of the matter is, no, it's not. When we link into the uh, brotherhood, uh, when we link into higher consciousness, we have actually four memories. Uh, or five, I should say, conscious, subconscious, uh, cellular memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's uh, universal consciousness, and then there's the idea of our DNA or our genetic makeup. All of those are memories. And when we interface with the brotherhood, which is a walk in the park, because everybody does it, they just don't necessarily acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. When we interface with the brotherhood, what we're doing is we're connecting to that divine side of our own selves, uh, and that's how it works. If anybody wants to talk to Christ, you don't pray to him, you talk with him. If you want to talk to a Joao Cole or Maitreya or whichever one of them, Kuan Yin, and I can go on and on with their names, um, it, that's as common as talking like you and I are doing right now. But we tend to separate it, that that's something only special people do. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. We're all interfaced with it. We can all access Nikola Tesla if we wish. All you have to do is understand his vibrational rate. And it's the vib- vibrational rate which makes the difference. In other words, if you're only thinking about materialistic things, which, like your bank account, that's the only thing that matters, if you were to talk to the Brotherhood, would be just basically impractical. But it's thinking about our own divine nature. To me, uh, Robert, every single human is a temple. We are the temple of life. We are divine being strolling through material reality to experience blunt force trauma, which is what I call it, uh, light, so that we can bring the divine nature of self into physical life. In fact, that just came from Maitreya to you. That came from the brotherhood, as I'm sitting here talking with you. See, to me, channeling is not something mm-hmm. that you d- dial a phone. It's just something that you are open to. It's something that you are awakened to, and it's something that you are aware of because it goes on constantly in the interface between human and divine self. 
So for the uh, the every man, um, you know, everybody's busy and, uh, you know, we're pummeled with media and uh, we live very reactive lives if we so choose to do that. Uh, and a lot of people now are taking a step back and saying, you know, how can I work with my vibration, with my frequency? So what are some good steps, Dr. Steve, to be able to get in a position to be able to tap into these divine, if you will, resources that are connected to us, but uh, that are obscured by our own behavior and our own thinking. Well, first off, uh, Robert, I would say to you that uh, one of the nice things about being a human is logic, but we overuse it. Logic is fine if you're going to walk through a forest because logic helps you see between the trees. Uh, If you didn't have logic, you wouldn't know where one tree was and the other one ended. You wouldn't. The other thing is, is it's great for driving a car, uh, like was said earlier, but although I question whether people use that sometimes or not, uh, it's also good for mathematics. But you know what? Most people end up thinking their way through life without living in life. They just think their way through it, and that is such a waste of time. It's such a waste of being. Awareness doesn't need logic, so that's the first thing. You know, do you, do you by any chance, Robert, have a dog? Uh, no, I have a cat. Okay. Okay. Uh, watch your cat. Your cat knows something's going to happen long before it ever happens, right? Yes. Okay. It's because your cat is using awareness. Dogs know something is coming long before it ever gets there. What, they smell it in the air? No, not necessarily. They have awareness, but what they don't have is logic. And we have gotten so used to using logic in the day-to-day living of life that we have forgotten the other aspect of ourselves, and that's the idea of awareness. All right. Mm -hmm. The intuitive nature, the ability to channel, all of that comes through the awareness of self, not logic. Logic is fine in the workaday world, but when you're not in the workaday world, do you really need it? That answer is no. How is it that an earthquake can be coming, and yet all the animal kingdom knows it, but human doesn't, and they're always startled by it? and hammered by it. It's because we don't use our awareness. We use our logic. Logic is fine because what it does is it limits everything to a finite point that it can understand. I mean, here's something that's comical. We define infinity from a finite point of view. Really? So does that mean we understand infinity? (laughs) We do, Exactly. but from a finite point of view. Right. Only. And that's what we limit ourselves to. We don't realize that there's not death, there's transition. People don't die. What we do is we pick up a body and we lay down a body. And what we do, based on what we um, create in life, what we do to each other creates karma which is cause and effect, which Isaac Newton has proven mathematically, that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. And then what happens is we come back into another lifetime to adjust 
that karmic circumstance that we created, the cause, you steal, then I can make you a promise. The next lifetime, or in the one we're in, you're going to be stolen from. Um, that's just simply the way that it works. And the brotherhood stands on that constantly and continually. It's the pure idea of what we could be and what we actually are, not what we think ourselves to be. I mean, if God says in Genesis we are just like it, and Christ says we can do what he does and even greater things, excuse me a second, I think I'm going to listen to those two yep. as, opposed, as opposed to what the churches say. <clears throat> Does that make sense? And I hope I'm answering Perfect your sense. So uh, for um, and this is a good um, segue into karma. But just uh, just the last point on this. So for the everyday person, um, you know, the, we're we're our experience is different than like my cat. My cat, you know, knows that it's the innately knows that okay, it's three twenty. I'm going to get fed around now or whatever. But uh, we deal with all this other. Uh, uh, stimuli, and uh, we need logic to kind of work our way through the uh, conscious world, if you will. Uh, and, and therefore, a lot of per- we have a lot of personal blocks, as you mentioned in some of your writings. How can individuals? What's a good practice to kind of get that stuff out of the way, so we can be more in a, a clearer channel, if you will, with uh, the divine and with uh, the other beings and with everybody else, consciousnessly. Well, uh, for, first off, consciousness and logic, they're, they're kind of two different things, uh, if you will, and I'm not saying they're separate. Logic deals with material reality. That's what the purpose of logic is, is deal, dealing with a three-dimensional reality because that's where we live. Okay, but that's not the end of the road, and that's as far as most humans take it. So the first thing I would say is people, um, here's the funny thing. You can, you can uh, sit there and look at a tree, and you can say to the tree, I am you, and then focus on that tree is I am you, and then you watch what happens. You'll start feeling the tree, and I mean mm-hmm. that in serious I understand. All right. And if we would do that more often, we would experience the true depth of the human being. Logic limits us from the true nature of who we are. And it's not, it's not anybody's particular fault. It's just what we're taught. That's right. who you are. That's what you're limited to when the truth of the matter is we're all infinite. One of the many things I say to people when I'm working with them, whether it's in what I refer to as Monk 101, which I teach people how to operate as a monk in the material world, is is that if you were a drop of water and you landed in the ocean, could you still identify yourself? If they say no, then I'm real hesitant on working with them. Because the truth is, you still have to have your identity as a robber. Okay, and as long as you have the identity, you can enter the infinite and uh, full completeness, and you can okay. live in that infinite side of self, and you can interface with the brotherhood or any of the higher divine natures of the universe because they're always there. 
and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And the whole idea that they're there, what they want is for us to go, hey, can you help me understand this? Mm-hmm. And, and what it will do is it will help the person understand it completely and totally. And it will do that because it's obligated to do it. When I say obligated, it's simply because one day one of my teachers in India asked me why was I looking for uh, self-mastery. And I said, so I wouldn't have to incarnate anymore. And they laughed and said, Mm -hmm. no, that if you achieve that, then you would want to incarnate so that you can help your fellow human understand that there's more to us than we seem to think. Got it. Yep. Um, let's take that another step, Dr. Steve, if that's, if that's okay with you. So uh, sure. nowadays, you know, manifesting is a big buzzword. And uh, I think, um, I believe that we have much more power than we think we do. And just that I don't think most of us know exactly how to deploy their power. You have some great suggestions there. Just ask and, you know, don't make it like prayer, make it like more t- uh, conversational. But um how can people, um, because I think uh, a lot of people get manifesting wrong. Talk yes. to us just a little bit about, you know, h- how can the everyday person kind of have some control over, I, uh, use the power of their mind and their heart and their consciousness. I want something and it's for the greater good and blah, blah, blah. And most people fail miserably at this. What's what's going on there? How does it all work? Um, people... First thing I'm going to say is is focus um, is is the biggest key. Uh, I would share some things that I've seen as a monk, but uh, that would be too mind-boggling on the show. But here's the key. If you look into the field of astrophysics, there are three and three constants only in the entire universe. One, there's an electrical charge and a magnetic charge. And between the two, they create a gravitational pull. That's the only three things that exist in the entire universe, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Humans are living, thinking, breathing electromagnetic field right. generators. Yep. Mm-hmm. Heart. The heart is the electrical charge. The magnetic charge is created by the mind. So here's how it works. If every human out there, you put your mind on an end result, not the how-to, logic gets caught up in the how-to, and there's the mistake. Don't. Look at the end result only. What is it that you are after? And then focus on it. Love the result. And then allow it to come to you. Most humans are terrible at receiving. We really are. And because we're terrible at receiving, how can you receive what you ask for? So here's my point. If you're at the beginning of the month and you have, we'll say, $2,000 in the bank and you owe out 3000 people are automatically going to start worrying, where am I going to get that other $1,000, right. which you don't realize is you are actually creating lack mm-hmm. through that concept. So you're actually pushing money away. Every human is a magnet. 
and you draw things to you or you push them away. If you want to draw things to you, then all you see is the end result. That's it. You don't need to know any more than that. This is the result I'm after. I have 2000 I owe out 3000 I ask to receive the other 1000 and you will always get it. And if everybody stopped and thought for a moment, Robert, no human has ever not gotten what they really needed in life. Every human always gets what they want every month, month in, month out. And all the stuff they go through in between is what interferes with the hesitancy to slow down and however it is that a person wishes to say it. Got it. Every, everything is created by you and every human that's listening. But nobody wants to take personal responsibility for it. I mean, I came through a horrific childhood and then went into Vietnam and then became a monk. And I realized the difference in all of it because we are creators. We are co-creators in life. And no one can get away from that. No one. Create the life that you want. The other thing that a person has to understand is nobody can have anything that they cannot handle. Everybody dreams of the lottery. Okay, winning it. All right, fine. Can you actually handle it? People say, well, of course they can. Are you sure? Because all of a sudden, going from $50,000 a year to $100 million, I mean, there's a world of difference between those two concepts. So if you can't handle it, you can't have it. But if you can handle it by handling you, yourself, then you can have it. There's nothing that stops any human from receiving anything in life. Nothing. Got it. Okay. Um, I got about five other subjects, but I don't think we can get them all. um, But I'm loving this conversation, so I'm going to ask you to come back. I'll send you some dates if it's okay with you, because I want to cover so many other topics that we don't have time, like uh, what happened in those 18 years with Jesus. Where did Jesus, you know, as he's buried in India, uh, missing books from the Bible. I want to ask you about remote viewing, Akashic Records, and a little bit more on karma. So why don't we stick with karma, because your book that I just went through is The 12 Principles of Karma. One of the things you say on in that book, uh, Dr. Steve, is that, you know, a lot of the karma, which I think this is good news that people would really want to know, is that we can take care of a lot of the karma. If we're aware, we can kind of fix that stuff up. We make a mistake, we make things better. So we don't have to carry around necessarily karma from 500 years ago or 500 years into the future. Is Am I articulating that correctly? Perfectly stated. We're we're not karma is a tool. It's not a form of punishment, and that's what people think. You know, we don't. In this part of the world, we take karma as a joke, and it's not. It's very real. There's Mm -hmm. cause and effect. I mean, like I said, Isaac Newton uh, said, "For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction," which basically means for everything that we do, there's going to be an effect. Everything that we think. Um, in the first principle, the first principle of karma simply states that what you sow, so shall you reap. 
<coughs> and that's based on what we put out mentally. You think something, and you watch, and I'm going to ask you to do this for yourself, Robert, and I would love to do another show with you, as many as you choose. Okay. Is when you think something, and you put a lot of emotion into it, if you watch in front of you, you're going to see it. You'll see it happen. I um, taught a lady manifesting and the art of it and how to do it. And what she thought of one day was she would love to see a pink semi. Now, think about that. A pink <laughs> semi? That would be wow. different. Yeah. And she said within five minutes she was headed in one direction, and this pink semi came towards her. Not only was it a pink tractor, but it was a pink trailer. Wow. Mary Kay. Now, what are the odds? Slim and none. That's proper Mm -hmm. use of karma. Karma is the ability to create what a person chooses in life. It's not about punishment. It's about being mindfully aware of what someone is doing. And when Stephen says mindful, it's not about just what you're thinking. It's about what you're thinking. It's about what you're saying. And it's about what you're doing. It's your actions. Those all create karmic return. So karma is not about punishment. It's how, if you really thought about it for a moment, God was the idea of cause, if you will, and the human was the effect. So God used karma to create material reality, if you will. I mean, if you go by that concept of that idea Mm -hmm. all right so there is only cause and effect in human is always cause and life and our experiences are simply our effect okay excellent um let me ask you a question because i you were kind enough to say okay we can do a little work together for the live audience and i've always gotten a lot out of it and people seem to enjoy that what can I ask you then? Uh, how do, how we can work together? Should I just ask you a question? Uh, and my question sure. would be: What what through the guides or whatever? Um, what is it that I need to know right now? If they know what's going on with me and uh, uh, walk in the park, et cetera. Hmm? learn to trust yourself. Uh, learn to be the full being that you are. Um, you are going to write, and I know that you know that. Uh, and I think you mentioned that you already have, but you're going to write in depth. Uh, you are an educator of being, uh, and you understand, you have a greater understanding of the depth of life than you allow yourself to live in, if that makes any sense. Yes. Okay. And my 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 uh, greatest suggestion is is allow yourself to stretch into that infinite idea of you. There seems to be a level of fear of that or hesitancy of that within you. Yes. Uh, and my suggestion is is don't do that. Allow yourself to expand into the fullest extent of who Robert is. Robert, uh, greatness is a state of mind. And greatness sometimes doesn't have anything to do with ego. Uh, greatness is a level of acceptance of self is probably the purest way to put that. You know, we 
can be great through the ego, but we can also be great just simply because that's who we are and not to deny that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So my suggestion is, is that one thing, live fully as who Robert Monty actually absolutely is. Don't limit yourself into something that you think you could be or should be or should have been. Should have been and should be is totally irrelevant subjects. They mean absolutely zero. But being who you are and bringing forth the information that you do and in the manner that you do is a stepping stone. And where you are right now in the moment is just simply a stepping stone. So don't deny the level of greatness that's already sitting there. And I hope, and that that's very personal to me, from them to you. So I hope you understand deeply what was just shared. Yes, it sounds like I I, I, I need to uh, be responsible with the gifts that I that I have to be able to you know work with myself and uh, help and share. So yes. uh, yeah. Maybe instead of being responsible, just accept. Instead of gifts, look at them as talents. A gift is something that you keep for yourself. A talent is something that you share. Mm-hmm. If you have an insight about a person, then share the insight about the person. If they don't agree with you, so what? It doesn't matter. It's just that's the insight. It's just something simply that you sense, that you are aware of, that you see. If they don't want to accept it, there's nothing you or I can do about that. They just don't want to accept it. Human is a treasure. I mean, we are a sacred space. Human is a temple of life, and we are. It doesn't need a church because the church is the human itself. Uh, And all we have to do is learn to understand that, that the greatest and most sacred thing in reality is the human because we can realize it. We're the only living thing, and this is coming from the Brotherhood, by the way. We're the only living thing that can not only experience life, but understand what it is that we're experiencing. Nothing else can do that. No living thing. Mm -hmm. And yet, we don't see each other through those eyeballs. We see each other as something other than, less than, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Got it. because of some goofball belief, baloney. Mm-hmm. You, you are well, sacred ground. Go ahead. No, thank. I want to say thank you, Steve, and and thank you uh, to the Brotherhood. And I'd ask Brotherhood one favor if they could uh, just uh, say hello, or uh, on my behalf, uh, my dad uh, passed uh, about a month ago, and uh, I want to make sure he's okay and knows that I I love him. Your dad, your dad's doing great. Your dad's watching over you. Uh, your dad's proud of you, even though it was hard for him to say that in life sometimes. Mm -hmm. He's very proud of what you're doing, the direction of which you're going in. And if you notice, I've had a real shift in emotions. Yeah. And it's because of the brotherhood and because of the one that is speaking. So you are being blessed and your dad does talk with you, even though you kind of question it. Don't. He does mm-hmm. hear you. And when you talk with him and he responds, it is your dad. 
if that makes Great. sense. Great. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Doctor Stephen. Thank, thank you. you, Brotherhood. My pleasure. And. Uh, I know you ha- I know you have to run and I've got a million other questions so I'll follow up with you to see if I can get you back on because there's so many other topics and you just you are the world's most interesting man. Don't don't Thank forget you. that. <laughs> you Thank really you. are. And I'm so thrilled you. that you've been on the show. So could you please just share with everybody where they can uh find at you? Uh I know I mentioned your website, but go ahead and mention it again and uh I know you're on Twitter and et cetera, but go ahead. Well, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. I'm in social media all over the place. But my website is uh, just www.hairfield. That's H-A-I-R, Ephesian Frank, I-E-L-D.com. And uh, I love working with people, and I work with them from all over the world. Um, and people just, uh, you are guys are special. And it's my desire to get people to know and understand that. But Harefield.com is the easiest way to contact me. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Steve. It's been a pleasure and honor to meet you. And I'll be in touch because I might want to work with you. And I I thank you just for being our guest on Guys Guys Radio. So take care. Thank you so much. I know you got to run. Thanks. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. All right, everybody. Dr. Stephen Harefield, our special guest. We're going to let him go because I know he's got some other things to do. But uh, what an amazing man. And uh, the generosity of his heart being so kind and a really interesting show. So we're going to take a very, very, very quick break. And then I will come back. We'll do a quick guys, guys guide. And then, uh, then we'll wrap it up. All right. We're back on, we're back on guys, guys radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, uh, the place where, when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So the whole guys, guys movement, uh, this is our whew, 266 podcasts. All the podcasts are on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it all started at my website, robertmanny.com. It all started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love, which is like a been called the male sex in the city. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. But it's really underneath the whole thing. It's about love. And it's a fun, fast, frothy book, as I've been told. So check that out. Um, We do something called our Guys, Guys, Guide. I usually base it on uh, one of my blog posts. uh, And I wrote some stuff about um, sleeping because I know, particularly with daylight savings, so many people have trouble sleeping. And I know my mom has a lot of trouble sleeping normally. And now with daylight savings, I checked with her yesterday and and she didn't have a good night. So, uh, Here's a couple of tips. Um, you know, 43% of Americans between the age of 13 and 64 say they rarely or never get a good night's sleep. That's 43%. That's crazy, and it's, it's, it's unacceptable. Uh, 60% claim that they have trouble sleeping every single night. So here's from my uh, research that I've done, things that help with uh, sleeping. Well, one is number one, hydration. You know, the I think 75% of Americans are considered chronically dehydrated. That's what studies have shown. 75%. We're not getting enough liquid. We're not getting enough water. So um, first thing in the morning, I have a big, big, I do some coconut oil swishing. And then I have a big glass of water with uh, either fresh organic lemon squeezed in it or pascalite clay. 
which pulls some of the heavily me- heavy metals out of my colon, or I put some apple cider vinegar. And then midway through the day, I have another big glass, and then I work out and I have another big thing of water, and I just before bed another big thing of water, and you just it's it's never enough. It's like the more I drink, the thirstier I am. That's one. Um, two, your sleeping quarters. Um, for me, the bedroom has two functions: you sleep in it, or you have sex there if you have a partner. Um, if you're going to lay in bed and watch TV, not a good idea. Watch TV in the living room, whatever. If you if you can, you know, if you have the space, if you have an extra room, go inside. Use your bedroom for sleeping if you possibly can. Don't. I used to fall asleep in front of the TV in my studio apartment on 30 West 34th Street for years. I'd wake up and be four in the morning, and there'd be some local access show on. It's really unhealthy thing to do. I'm so glad I don't do that anymore. I can't believe I'm even here with the way I I abused myself all those years, but uh, keep the TV in the other room if you can, and don't watch too much before you go to sleep. Um, Your equipment, I like to call it firm mattress. I use buckwheat husk pillows. They just do wonders for my neck and for my back and for my vertebrae. Uh, I like to sleep on that. I like a nice firm mattress, but you know, find something um, that works for you. Um, One other thing about the sleep quarters, um, 83% 83% of millennials sleep next to their cell phones. Uh, it's been suggested that your phone should be at least an arm's length away from you because of the radiation. I put it on airplane mode. I don't look at it first thing in the morning. Um, I do some affirmations and some other stuff. So um, if you want to sleep, well, put that phone uh, aside. If, you know, you can check it out once you go to bed, but put it aside and then forget about it. You got to sleep. That's the main reason why you're in bed. Um, again, with the equipment, um, your body changes temperatures alike during the night. So um, I like to layer blankets so you can pull one off. And uh, uh, I go commando too. It's just more comfortable. And I, I just feel like I'm not confined there, but uh, consider getting yourself comfortable and flexible in, in bed um, for your sleeping. Napping is a good thing. Um, those 20 minute power naps are very rejuvenating and, um, this has been agreed to by the National Sleep Foundation. And also, um, last but not least, the power of your mind. Make sure you sleep and breathe and most other things you do without having to be reminded. When I turn in, I found it helpful to lay on my back and softly tell myself, I fall asleep easily and I sleep soundly. I do some thankfulness affirmations when I go to bed and then I say this. And it really works because you're giving messaging to your subconscious. So anyhow, a couple of tips for sleeping, because I know at this time of year, particularly people have trouble sleeping. And I know there's some maladies that people have with sleeping um, where, you know, I'm not being cute about this. But if you're if you don't have any major issues with the sleeping and it's just you can't sleep, there's nothing physically necessarily wrong with you, um, then consider these tips. And they're on my blog at Robert Manny. Dot com. So anyhow, that's been our show. We have Dean Souter uh, next week. He is a uh, he is a writer and he is a meditative uh, teacher of meditation. He's a cool guy who's been on the show before. So he's going to be on next Wednesday at our usual time, 7 p.m. Until then, I thank my audience. Um, I just you know, I'm getting a free education here being host of Guys Guys Radio and I love it. And I love sharing all the information uh, that our great guests have. And Dr. Steve is just a, 
the wonderful guy. And I, I think he may be the world's most interesting man. So anyhow, thanks for listening to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, saying, like I always say at the end of every show, Guys Guys, finish first.